Welcome to the World Geography Podcast. If this podcast were a BuzzFeed article, it would be a list of reasons why most Westerners are wrong about Africa. Conventional thoughts mistakenly portray Africa as a mysterious, dark continent. Introductory texts will often cite Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, published in 1899, to embody its shadowy nature. Taking a closer look, though, Africa is a bright continent, containing many different worlds and a great deal of promise. Africa was, and continues to be, a hub of innovative ideas. You will not find a chapter on Africa in books like The Geography of Genius, which mostly depict cities of the Western world. In his book of the world's most creative places, Eric Weiner describes places of genius as it's simple, nothing new, expensive, practical, chaotic, unintentional, and contagious. In many ways, places of genius are paradoxical in that they contain aspects that contradict one another. Africa is a textbook case, according to Richard Haas. Quote, Africa is difficult to characterize because it is a continent of contradictions, of successes and failures, of economic progress and extreme poverty, of emerging democracies and old-fashioned tyrannies, of countries that are stable and others wrecked by conflicts. Unquote. The works of Haas and other political writers possess formality bias, meaning that their Western mindsets obscure what constitutes as a developed society. They tend to discuss Africa in terms of large-scale measurements such as gross national product, birth and death rates, average age, violence, and the numbers of HIV and AIDS cases. Informed by this knowledge, aid often arrives in the form of funds and programs by formal organizations operating outside of African countries. Critics of the formality bias, including Nigerian-American journalist Daya Olapade, stress the importance of improving African countries from the inside out. According to Olapade, comparing African countries to developed nations like the United States is like comparing sorghum, one of Africa's largest cash crops, to beef cattle, which the U.S. represents the world leader. They're just different. Western countries in Europe and North America have fat economies, fat economies which are bloated, homogenous, and susceptible to market crashes like the 2008 housing crisis. Lean economies, like Africa, may not enjoy the luxuries of fat economies, but these agile, versatile economies tend to adapt better when faced with a global economic crisis. According to a geographer's perspective, Improvements ought to be made with an appreciation for the diverse local context around the continent. Since geography is the science of places, this episode takes an empathetic, place-based look at the largely misunderstood regional complex. If one word could sum up the bright continent, it would be Kanju, K-A-N-J-U, which translates from Yoruba, a language in Nigeria, to mean hustle, make do, and to strive. Africa's richest person, Mohammed Ibrahim, who was born in Sudan, 
once called Africans the world's greatest entrepreneurs. And that's for good reason. Nigeria, for example, is a fascinating country. Dominant narratives merely characterize Nigeria as a former British colony that broke away in 1960 to feature the continent's largest population of 200 million. It boasts the largest oil production industry and has endured the prevalence of HIV and AIDS and terrorism sparked by violent Islamic organizations like Boko Haram. These facts, though, only tell part of the story. Nigerians have a wealth of kanju, born from their need to survive amid administrative shortcomings of their governments and institutions. Lagos, Nigeria's most populated city, has an economy that operates around 94% outside the law. Informality, even when set in the gray area of criminality, can foster innovation and unique problem-solving. Hackers and scammers, for example, tend to have excellent problem-solving abilities because they can approach a problem from multiple standpoints. Nigerian email scams, also called the 419 scams, after the code for the illegal international money transfers, involve networks of Nigeria's tech-savvy, English-fluent youngsters looking to transcend the country's institutional failures to support multiple forms of commerce. One 419 scam fooled Brazil's Banco Noroeste out of $181 million, a bank heist which ranks among the world's largest in history. Informal economies do not always have to operate on the side of international illegality. Nollywood, the Nigerian version of Hollywood, started from a local electronics dealer to become the world's second-ranked producer of films behind Bollywood in India. The secret? Nollywood films tailor content to the local languages of groups living in West Africa and elsewhere. African filmmakers and watchers even enjoy their own version of Netflix called iRoko TV. On Africa's eastern flank, we encounter other versions of Kanju logic in Kenya, though Kenyans might use the Swahili term, Jua Kali, which means harsh sun. To deal with Kenya's problem of waste disposal, the Amande Trust created a biodigester in Gatwerkara that composts human waste from a group of toilets, while also generating enough biogas to keep the lights on at the local community center and provide hot water for public showers. When Kenya's 2007 presidential elections spawned ethnic and political violence, the nonprofit Ushahidi, which means witness in Swahili, was created to help citizens produce real-time maps that show where violent events have occurred and where relief ought to be directed. Geographers have created a word for this, volunteered geographic information, or VGI. Volunteered geographic information is location-based data that locals contribute to inform decisions. Today, Ushahidi has applied VGI in Kanju logic to address problems worldwide, including Haiti and even the United States. Not only did Kanju logic give birth to many forms of modern innovation, it gave birth to the overall human world. Arguably, one of the most important human innovations happened within our own brains. 
our East African ancestors, in the words of geographer Elise Reclus, became nature-made conscious. Evolutionary accounts estimate that Homo sapiens emerged in Africa around 200,000 years ago, which is about as long as it would take for 4,000 people to each reach their midlife crisis. Homo sapiens literally translates to wise man. By then, many of the species of the Homo genus were roaming around Europe, Asia, and Africa. As other Homo species died out, sapiens flourished. Around 70,000 years ago, something clicked within our brains, resulting in a tree of knowledge genetic trait. Homo sapiens could now communicate in complex ways. Tools became more intricate. Humans began their path to becoming a keystone species driving the Earth system. Some of the first stories ever told came from early Homo sapiens living in Africa. Stories were not only entertaining accounts, they ordered reality, conveyed important lessons, and established a local sense of place. Storytelling lives on in Africa. The Kung Bushmen of the Kalahari Desert, which is in southern Africa, is a group of traditional hunter-gatherers whose stories provide a window into humanity's early past. Daytime talk consisted of travel logistics and searching for food and water. Nighttime talk occurred around the fire and was consumed with epic tales of hunts and adventures. One Kung Bushman elder said, quote, Our old people long ago had a government, and it was an ember from the fire where we last lived, which we used to light the fire at the new place we were going. Unquote. Throughout history and prehistory, Africans have adapted to numerous environmental sites and situations. Geographers gain a sense of these adaptations by reading the cultural landscape. To commemorate their advancements, Egyptians and other African kingdoms collected materials from the surrounding landscape to create pyramids, make paper, and create jewelry, furniture, and other luxury items. Domesticating animals, taming them and turning them into pets or food, is a co-evolutionary process, meaning that human-animal interactions can lead to new species variations. Today's cat lovers, for example, have Egyptians to thank for their feline companions. The genetic origins of house cats can be traced to the Near Eastern wildcat, which by 1500 BCE was pictured in Egyptian art with collars and having seats at the dinner table. Coffee originated in Africa, helping to establish a creative commons that supercharged human minds to become inspired, work through the night, and develop new innovations. More than 130 species of Kofea had been discovered. Those species have been found in humid West Africa. The most popular, tastiest coffees, such as coffee arabica, which is about two-thirds of total global coffee production, originated in highland savanna climates like Ethiopia. Legendary folktales attribute coffee's discovery to Kaldi, an Ethiopian goat herder, who noticed that his goats became hyperactive after eating the plant's cherries. Today, the pits of those cherries are roasted and brewed to make lattes, cappuccinos, and pour-overs. Coffee trees are excellent crops for adapting to new environmental challenges 
because they can be planted among other crops, which promotes both biodiversity and agriculture. Some varieties of coffee can even ward away pests and plant diseases. Another adaptation involves the fermentation of plants and animal products. In Africa below the Sahara, sorghum beer has transitioned from being a local indigenous beverage to part of an international beer production industry. Rhythm is an adaptation beating through the African cultural landscape. Music gains a louder and more driving rhythm through animal domestication. Animal hides, traditional cultures found, created a resonant tone when stretched out over a rim. Drums represent a crucial element to the African sense of place. The Gabra, Camel, Pastoralists in Kenya and Ethiopia divided their society according to the five drums. The Jimbe represents a West African drum of the Malinke, traditionally used along the Niger River, especially in Guinea and Mali. Djembe's, along with other drums, such as the Danun bass drum, were assembled to create traditional drum orchestras. Drumming represented an oral tradition, an expression of African indigenous culture, empowerment, storytelling, and ritual. Thus, some of the first drums began as artifacts of human-environment relations, something that geographers study quite a bit. Around 1000 Common Era, djembe's became widely distributed throughout West Africa. Today they continue to be a masterful instrument in world percussion and an artifact of early animal domestication. The kanju of Africa is organic and contagious. Innovative insights into religion also pervade the African realm, especially the ideas of mysticism, which emphasize a more spiritual connection to one's surroundings. Early forms of Christian monasticism can be traced to desert fathers and mothers living in North Africa. Desert fathers and mothers were groups of hermits who renounced their possessions to live alone in the desert in pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and communion with the divine. The emptiness of the desert regions taught spiritual seekers to empty themselves of all desires, ambitions, and anxieties. Another form of mysticism happened when Islam spread throughout much of Africa. Traditional African societies identified with Islamic mysticism, also called Sufism, because it complemented their animistic beliefs in nature spirits. Today, African Sufism has become a prominent feature of the continent's religious geography. On an international level, vagabonds can find shrines or dargahs to African Sufi saints in places like India. With a place-based perspective, we discover kanju all over the place in African geography, from its religious geography to its human environment interactions to its geopolitical situation. To successfully understand the African situation, we must dig beneath the surface of overarching narratives and see the regional complex through the diverse contexts of local places. 
That's all I have for this week. Be curious, explore often, and pursue meaningful things. Also, be sure to cultivate some kanju of your own. Oh,